I feel as athletic trainers, we're there immediately. Yeah. We're someone you can count on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about like, oh, if I get hurt and there's no one to help me, I don't know what to do. I feel like, you know, you, I know kids don't even think about injury, but, <laughs> but even for parents' peace of mind, if something bad happens, someone who has training is there. And that's just the emergency part. Yeah. At least you're comforted with knowing that even though your child is injured, you know that someone is there to see them through mm-hmm. the, the entirety of their injury from the management of it to the rehabilitation of it. And then to see them go from, oh, my kid is down to like, oh, my kid is playing. Yes. And then no pain or, you know, like... It's good. Like they, they come to you, they tell you thank you. Mm-hmm. Kids tell you thank you. And just getting them back, man. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. For all of the new listeners out there, thank you for joining me. You're in the right place to hear about everything that helps you to optimize your performance. All of my returning listeners out there, thank you for joining for another week. For everyone that's listening to the podcast, be sure to check out the previous library of episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm also putting up video highlight clips on my YouTube channel. Just search for H&L Movement, search for H&L Movement Podcast or my name, and you'll come across all of the highlight clips that have been going up daily on my YouTube channel. As always, share these episodes, any ones that you really relate to, connect with, share them with family, friends, teammates, anyone that would find benefit to listening in on some of these episodes. Today, I have another exciting guest, great stories here, some fun conversations, and it's no other than Joel Haushin, the athletic trainer at Mid-Pacific Institute here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Joel has so many great stories to share. I always have so much fun talking to Joel, the energy that he brings, all of his stories. This is just the tip of the iceberg with all the great experiences that Joel has to share. We talk a lot about athletic training. As some of you may know, March is National Athletic Training Month, and Joel is a great representation of how athletic trainers care for the athletes, really are there to offer all of the help and work countlessly to make sure that these athletes can perform their best and do it in a safe fashion. I don't want to get into too many of the details because there's so many great topics that we've covered, but listen into this one and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the HL Movement Podcast. This one is going to be a very entertaining episode. I never dull conversation whenever I talk to this guest. And I would like to welcome a fellow athletic trainer, Joel Haushin, to the podcast. He's the athletic Hello. trainer at Midpack. Thanks so much for joining me, Joel. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but... Me too, but let's, we'll see where it goes. It. Yes. <laughs> so I don't even really know your full backstory. 
there was a lot of things. I think you saw me go through a master's program and been around yeah. seeing me grow through my career. And there's always been some fun conversations, <laughs> but let's start first by, I don't know what the story is of how you became an athletic trainer. So let's talk oh. a little bit about you growing up and what was your interest always something in the field of athletics? No, <laughs> I just liked playing sports, but I, I, I initially wanted to be a nurse a nurse or not because I'm Filipino, but I had this big idea that I want to have. <laughs> I'm not trying to stereotype. This is all real. Like I want to have a care home empire. <laughs> but then I saw how, what they actually did. And like, dude, those care home people that it's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. no joke. Yeah. yeah. You may make, you might make a lot of money, but your life is hard. Mm-hmm. And they, they deserve whatever they get. They provide so much care. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was in college. just like, oh, I don't think nursing is going to do. I don't think I can do nursing. So, you know, I, all throughout my years at UH, I was a gym rat. I'd always be at lower campus, like playing all kinds of intramural sports. Yeah. Even if I didn't know how to play or run, like soccer. Nope. I have no clue, but still played volleyball, learned how to play volleyball, basketball. I didn't learn. I, I'm still terrible. I don't play anymore, but if, if I were to play, I, I'd still be terrible. But I, 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 I enjoyed it because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends that I met in college, they, they weren't super athletic, but they were always active and they were very inclusive. Mm-hmm. And no matter if you're as junk or if you was good, you was on the same team, like you would, like oh, I'm on the same team with my with my classmate who is the stud in high school, and he don't care. <laughs> but you know, the offense is always oh, just pass to him, which <laughs> which I was fine with too, yeah. But along with playing so many sports, came injury. <laughs> so I sprained my ankle. Um, I I sprained my knee, but. You know, going through that, that's that that still make didn't make me go and look at what kind of professions there are yeah. helping athletes. I was just oh, I'm broken. <laughs> but I but I had friends who were in the athletic training program at UH, and I didn't know what they did. All I all I knew is that they would be in the same anatomy class, and they have UH sports medicine. I go, oh, that's cool, that's cool. I never bothered to even ask them because I'm shy. That's a, yeah. I know, surprisingly, I am shy. <laughs> when you were growing up, did you always play sports or was this something more you found in college that you were you started playing more sports? I, I played I played baseball when I was young. I started at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I, I played, not willingly, but I was asked by my uncle who, who was short a person and they asked my dad if I could come play. And I was, and he was like, yeah, bring them. <laughs> so they needed me for the game. We get there and I was playing for the pool Halle pirates and we were playing KPT. And at that time I had no idea what KPT was. <laughs> Kohio Park Terrace. Like right now I'd be terrified. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but back then, you know, kids. So we go over there they're all dressed in black. I'm like, wow, that team looks very intimidating. As a 10-year-old, I'm like, wow, they're intimidating. But for some reason, the game got canceled. Apparently, they were short too. <laughs> yeah. But we, all, we were all at the field. 
But what they didn't cancel, the game was canceled, but they didn't cancel the potluck. <laughs> and I was amazed. I was like, Whoa, all this food that I've never eaten in my entire life. I'm like, oh, what is this? This is delicious. Like manapua, barbecue ribs, all kind of food. I was like, wow. I like play sports. <laughs> and that's how I got into sports. So I played three years of baseball. I tried to play basketball in grade school, but didn't make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I played football in high school. Got it. Uh, at Damien High School mm-hmm. when it was in back in 94 when it was still all boys. My first knee injury, mm-hmm. I believe, came... My senior year, I wasn't playing organized sports. I wasn't playing football. I was just, you know, goofing around with friends playing pickup football at the park. Hmm. And, you know, I'm a fairly big guy. So I have small friends. (laughs) (laughs) So I figured they're all jumping on my back, like three of them. I'm like, ah, that's nothing. (laughs) And all of a sudden, my my knee gives. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that didn't feel good. And, like, the whole week, like, just fat. And I only went as far as the ER. Mm. I never I never took an MRI. They took x-rays at the ER, but they never got an MRI. Mm-hmm. Never went to an orthopedic surgeon. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because, you know, a lot of us, it's not just the kids, you know, a lot of families, they just don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what to do. Like, oh, I heard, oh, the doctor said, oh, go see, go see a specialist in two weeks. But sometimes in two weeks, your injury doesn't feel as mm-hmm. bad. So mm-hmm. if, if you don't know better or if you don't know enough, mm-hmm. then you just leave it and just deal with it, right? But then you go, I would say five, ten years later, you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. This, these are the steps I should have taken yes. when I was hurt. And we'll definitely talk about that being both in the athletic training profession. But about how old were you when that first knee injury happened? Oh, I was about 17. Okay. Seven, yeah, 17. Okay. And maybe three years later, I went back to the doctor. Not back to the doctor. I had, I had some knee pain and went to the ER mm-hmm. and he took an x-ray. And the doctor was like, dude, you have a lot of arthritis. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's the walk. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So, you know, and then the same, the cycle, it, it went through the same cycle again, you know, it would get better. Mm-hmm. And then I would go back to playing sports. And this is way before I even was interested in sports medicine. Mm-hmm. I think um, I was in the beginning of it, of sports medicine. And when I went to see the orthopedic surgeon, my orthopedic surgeon was like, or I did. I, I had arthroscopy to debride it, and Got so it. with the camera, he's like, "Oh, did you see it? Your your ACL's gone." So I was like, "So are we gonna do surgery?" And he's like, "No," and mm. I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Cause surprisingly, your arthritis is keeping it stable." I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah." yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that that's crazy. I didn't even know all of that. So you know, when you were growing up. Like yeah, playing football and, you know, you're still playing baseball and football up until that point that you got injured. No, no, no. I wasn't playing. I was, I was just playing rec sports by then. But even, uh, like, with baseball, at, when I was 10, I would have patellar tendonitis pain. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you still, 
as a kid, you're like, oh, that's just stuff I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff I have to push through and just go to practice. Yeah. Like I cannot do the drills, but I have to do my, I have to try my best. Yeah. Even yeah. though I look terrible doing them because my knees are sore. Yeah. And what positions did you uh, play in baseball and football, even growing oh, up? So baseball, um, I was a left fielder. I don't know if, if people were telling me, oh, that's because the balls don't go there. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but apparently I, I, could, I could hit. So mm-hmm. like, oh, he can hit. We should mm-hmm. put him in the lineup, hide him somewhere. So that was, <laughs> that's what I thought. Like, oh, are you hiding me in left field? <laughs> I just tell everybody, oh, it's because I fast. <laughs> fast, you know. Yeah. I, I'm bigger. I, I'm fatter than everybody else, but I fast. <laughs> and then for football, what what positions did you play? For for football, I was a I was an O lineman and a D lineman. I Got had it. no idea what I was doing. It was it was a lot of a lot of screaming to my friend who to my quarterback who I <laughs> who I went to school with from preschool to the day we graduated college. We're good friends. All I remember his name is Tony Abaya. All I remember is. Wow, sick! Oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so all of those things. I mean, but it's interesting to hear that perspective because you know now looking back in hindsight with all the knowledge that you have, the experience yeah. helping kids, right? Sometimes when you have patellar tendonitis, Osgoods, and all of this, it's like, no, you should really start to pay more attention to this because later yeah. down the line, you know, even like a misdiagnosed ACL that, you know, you go on for even months that could have more of a detrimental effect. We know in the long run. So after these knee injuries, you know, and then you were in college, probably you said around 20 years old and you had pretty bad arthritis at that point. And, you know, it would kind of flare up and there would be times when you would be able to function like normal, but explain a little bit about that and how you kind of got introduced into athletic training, sports medicine, and what was that journey like? The journey. I was, I would say lost. I was living my life at UH. You know, college was a little bit cheaper then. So, and college was fun. I I had fun going to class, learning new things, meeting new people. One of my friends wasn't, was in the program, as I said, and I think I had an injury um, and she, she helped me through it. And I was, I asked her, I was like, Oh, is this, is this an actual major? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's actually true. I was like, oh, that's cool. I go, maybe I should look into it because I was a, a gym rat and I always hung on that lower campus. I also worked at the intramural office and I was very familiar with the layout and I, I asked around like who was the program director and how I would be able to um, get into the program. My professor then was, or who, who introduced me was Iris Kimura. Mm-hmm. She came in back in, I want to say 97 okay. or so. And it wasn't, it wasn't a formal meeting because it was a group meet. It was a group meeting. And I didn't have any kind of training. She just told me, like, hey, you go to Kalani High School and go get some experience there. I was like, okay, I know nothing, but let's just go to Kalani High School and meet up with their athletic trainer, who at that time was Kelly Lu. 
And so I just went, like, hi, I, have, I just want to check out athletic training. And she hands me a roll of tape. I'm like, oh, go tape this guy. I'm like, I, 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 I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, you're going to have to learn someday. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I tape, you know, normal, normal people take like two minutes, right? Two minute half or Eric Okazaki <laughs> takes 45 seconds. But this was have taken like maybe 10 minutes and it's super tight. And the guy who I tape, I see him around every now and then. And he's like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was terrible. I was like, I know, I know. But it's good to remember so you can always get better, right? <laughs> so did that. I learned a lot, even if I didn't have any real background in anatomy or biomechanics or rehab. But working with Kelly, you know, you, work, you learn a lot of, I, I learned a lot of, um, you know, first aid things, but also some work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what's expected of you mm-hmm. as an athletic trainer? Like, you cannot call in sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who else is going to work? I go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, well, we, and, you know, we're, we're there before the athletes, we're there after the athletes are, are done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, what I learned in my experience at, at Kalani High School. And then, and then I was finally in the program with Dr. Mm-hmm. Kimura. And then I was assigned to, to the training rooms at, at, at UH. Back then, there were two athletic training rooms. One was mm-hmm. primarily for female athletes. And mm-hmm. the other one, the main the the other training room was for the male athletes, but now it's combined into one big mm-hmm. athletic training room at UH. But being in both training rooms, I got to to work with a lot of sports, men's and women's volleyball, men's and women's basketball, the football team. And, and then you get to practice what you learn in class, right? So that's always good. But a, lo- a lot of my like hardcore experience was with the men's side with football under, under Eric Okazaki. And, you know, I listen to a lot of people. I meet a lot of his, um, his former students and stuff. And if, if Eric is listening, I, I still call you my mentor, even though he denies yeah. it. But, <laughs> yeah. but they always, always talk like, Oh yeah, 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 I didn't learn anything. I didn't learn anything. They didn't teach me anything. Right? But the thing with, with Eric and Jay Gu, like if you had a question, you make sure you went and searched the answer for yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, like it wasn't more so that I needed him to teach me all of those things. What what he taught me was, you know, it's unspoken stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how do you conduct yourself as an athletic trainer? How you're how to conduct your athletic training room. That was telling me that not me, but we tell the whole group that don't think any one of you are special. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Like, yep. because like, the, like if you decide not to work today, the show still going to go on. The yes. show will go on. I yes. like, yeah. So I learned, I learned a lot, a lot. Like I was definitely afraid of him when I first met him, like super scared, you know, typical, typical student mentor relationship. But now I, I consider us friends. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't hang out as much because of COVID, but as soon as it's finished, Yes, back yeah. to normal. And yeah, I yeah. think there's a lot of, 
you know, so many generations of athletic trainers that Eric has inspired and taught us so many things that we still use to this day, you know, <laughs> and yeah, we'll definitely go into some of the stories at UH and all of that. So yeah. this was at the time, was it an undergrad degree? It was internship a, route? yes, it was an undergrad degree is an internship route. Got so it. I, wow, it's such a long time ago. I think it was, um, you had to work about 1600 Mm-hmm. volunteer hours internship hours mm-hmm. over the course of two years but working in the training room like you easily surpass the mm-hmm. 1600 yeah. like you probably hit like 3000 easy yeah. yeah easy but luckily at that time you know we we got they fed us the football team fed us mm-hmm. thank you uh football they fed us breakfast they fed us dinner mm-hmm. which was key because there's no way you had another job working in the athletic training room. Yeah. And so thinking back on it, because, you know, it was, well, the profession has evolved in a good way. Right. But thinking about it, you know, back then it was a lot of internship hours, which helps you tremendously clinically, of course, you know, all of the people that, you know, I look up to that are went the internship route, your guys clinical skills, you know, is like, that's what I learn and pick up from all of you guys. So explain a little bit to, you know, maybe people that want to get into athletic training, future students, or even people in a program now, explain what was it like? What were some of the big lessons that you've learned that has helped you even to this day going that route? The big lessons throughout my life. Everything cumulatively is you should love what you do. Mm -hmm. You gotta, like this, athletic trainers, we work long hours, Sometimes we work holidays. We don't see our family. But that's usually when you're starting off as an intern and, you know, someone has to do it. And that's mm-hmm. usually the, the, new peop- the new people. You know, you got you to gotta want to have to care yeah, about mm-hmm. people. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just, you're not robots. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I'll fix you. I'll fix you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you generally care about people and mm-hmm. you, want, you want to help them, especially with, like, Injury-wise, let's just talk about injury-wise. Mm-hmm. But you, you still need a you still need a knowledge base. You cannot be like, oh, I would help you. Let's do this without not knowing what to do. Like, oh, goodness. But you know, like the learning never stops. Mm-hmm. The learning never stops. We have to. I know we have to do our fifty CEUs every two years to mm-hmm. um, to maintain our certification. But you know, you learn lessons every day. Like. You, I don't think there's such th- there's a thing as you know everything, no. especially in this profession. You have not seen it all, <laughs> yeah. and you know you kind of you kind of welcome it, like the easy stuff, not the hard kind of stuff. But when things get difficult, mm-hmm. we are prepared, mm-hmm. always prepared. But you know, if you, if you, if you like athletics, if you like being around athletics, and you know you're you're not the stars on the court. On, on the field but you know you like helping people you like being around it you know there's all kinds of things to do in athletics you can work in admin you can you can become an athletic trainer now i i, I know if it's longer you have to get your master's in it but if that's something that interests you then by all means check out what the prerequisites are go talk to talk to athletic trainers mm-hmm. you know bite i'm we're all nice. We're all nice. 
No one ever asked us what we do. <laughs> <laughs> they just assume we just tape in ice. Yeah. But yeah, talk story. You see someone with a fanny pack? Oh, I have a fanny pack. <laughs> Especially when they have scissors. Yeah, talk story <laughs> with them. Yeah. Yeah, they hook you up. Come watch a game with them. Yeah. Just it's just it's just so good. This it's just so fascinating to to be able to get someone you know back to play when 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 you know that when they first started like it was kind of dismal and they and their mentality at that time was you know it's very catastrophic so you have to you know use all your skills that you learn to not just rehab his injury physically but also rehab him mentally mm-hmm. yeah so, there's so many things and i that that's very true because even in we're in 2022 already right athletic training it's more known i would say but still yet not a lot of people know exactly what athletic trainers do or what kind of our skill set is and how we can help people right and that's something yeah. that i think all athletic trainers you know advocate for the profession so there's still a lot of work to be done and the reason why it's interesting to hear your perspective too is because I kind of have similar experiences in that I was I didn't know what an athletic trainer was until I was 23 years old yeah that was the first time I knew or heard of athletic training and that was the first time I met people like my advisor now Dr. Stickley, Eric Okazaki, Brian Wong you know all of the UH staff so even growing up playing sports and all of that even in this day and time, I think a lot of athletes, they don't ask or they don't know what services are provided. And like you said in a little earlier is that sometimes these injuries, you know, the family or people just don't have the right resources or knowledge that they might kind of think, oh, it's not as big of a deal as what it actually is. And because of that, you know, athletic trainers in the community or other sports medicine professionals, we have to try to provide those resources just to help them, right? So that it doesn't become a problem later on and they can do all the sports that they love to do, right? So thinking about like, after you got through your profession and everything, if you want to mention like, were your knees doing okay at this point because you started to learn more about sports medicine? My knees were okay. They're good, good enough to play. I still... I still couldn't put it together. I remember mm-hmm. I, I was just trying to stay afloat in school. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, don't fail. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with, with Eric Okazaki a few months ago. You know, we talk about like his past students and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even me, like, you know, everyone doesn't grow at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some maybe pick it up way later like you have so all my classmates just could pick it up and i was like wow these guys are amazing like oh well you know we're all good friends to this day i'm Mm -hmm. i'm able to talk candidly with them Mm -hmm. and i can ask i can ask them for advice Mm -hmm. you know no one ever looks down on you because you don't know as much as them Mm -hmm. you know everyone's more than willing to help you but you know everyone grows at their own Yes. At, at their own rate. Yeah. I feel that. I don't know why. Like I, I took an eight year break from athletic training. And then I, I came back. And I felt like I knew more. 
Yeah. I was like, what? Like everything, all the knowledge I had was making sense. It made sense. Mm -hmm. Like biomechanics, anatomy, everything was making sense. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm a visual learner. I need hands-on, but even with that early on, trying to survive, it's like, oh, okay, I, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do, but not until later that it, everything just clicks, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is why we do stuff. Not super rated, not like yesterday, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so that's interesting. So let's talk about that a little bit. So after you went through the program, right? And yeah. you were an athletic trainer and then you took that break. Kind of explain... Yeah. What made you decide to take a break from athletic training and what other things? Because I know that you're always doing all these different things all the time. So explain yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit about what basically brought you to that point to come back to athletic training. So I, I left athletic training because, you know, when you're young, you just, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But we're always, I, I, I left to earn more money. Mm-hmm. So I left the profession and I, I, I went into air traffic control. Mm-hmm. I became an air traffic controller for a few years. Wasn't really cut out for it, <laughs> but I, but I was like, wow, you know, I, I can do whatever I want. I, mm-hmm. like, I, I like to cook. So I cooked, <laughs> yeah. but then I got hurt. So I, I moved back. Like during those during that time, I, I, I never looked back at athletic training. I was like, you know, that was, <laughs> That was, that's what I did in college. That's what I did for a few years after college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, this is my life now. And sometimes life doesn't follow, the, follow your plan, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. I, 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 had, I, I moved back home because I tweaked my knee. Like, I, I, I moved wrong. Like, there was no real mechanism of injury. No falling or anything. Mm-hmm. If anything, I went to sit down. Mm-hmm. And I sit down and I rotated and I felt a, a click and um, it was my meniscus mm-hmm. and the pain wouldn't go away. With, with athletic training, what it helped me to do was get rid of my pain, mm-hmm. get rid of pain and go back into whether it being athletics or just life. Like that's what athletic training taught me, like to, to get you back. Yeah, you, doesn't, you don't have to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. But it taught me how to treat my pain. Mm-hmm. But at that point where I wasn't able to, I knew that I would have to get some kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. So I moved back home, got some odd job selling fish because you know it ties in with the tied in with the restaurant mm-hmm. just to get insurance. Uh-huh. Even like like in hindsight, I didn't have to. I could have just you know applied for Quest, but. I don't know. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing job, get insurance, get surgery, and get back on that horse. Yeah, so I, I got surgery from, I, I had gotten a knee replacement. Mm-hmm. I got my right knee replaced by Kasna Kasone, mm-hmm. Dr. Kasna Kasone at Straub. I felt like I was a, life was kind of hard back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. I'm working odd jobs so I can afford the surgery, so I can get insurance to afford the surgery. Mm-hmm. So I got the surgery and 
man, talk about life changing. Mm-hmm. That to take away your pain, now you can just focus on accomplishing your goals now. Mm-hmm. Your goal that day isn't, oh, okay, I just got to get through the pain today. I can do more things. So, yeah, I, I, I got the surgery. And, man, life just picked up from that point. Yeah. Like, I got limping. I got job offers at PT clinics. My my friend, um, Marcus Oshiro, who I work with at, uh-huh. at Midpack, he calls me. He's like, hey, we, we, we need someone. Are you available? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh. So from, from that, I think it was from that point, like everything was like, you have a knowledge base. You're not really using it to your full potential. Mm-hmm. But I think so that was the beginning of me unlocking it. <laughs> yes. Like it, it was like I was brand, like a brand new student athletic trainer. Almost. <laughs> oh, I could still tip. I have a ticket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's really good to hear. And I backtracking a little bit, that right knee that you got the first total knee replacement was that yeah. the same knee that you hurt when you were 17 years old that was the same knee that was the same knee so the, the no acl knee. had the arthritis already that was helping to provide yeah. some stability and yeah. about how old were you when you got that knee replacement i was young i was mm-hmm. 34 got it 34 yeah and, and that's really young for yes. a knee replacement oh yes and yeah but it shows you like how much you were doing and pushing through because just in that span, like you said, you know, when you first got injured at 17, probably you tore your ACL, you know, looking back oh, in hindsight. Yeah. And if you think about all of that, just your knee was able to kind of compensate and scar down and recover. And then, you know, the bony congruency kind of helped to provide that stability. But then over the next like 10 to 15 years, it got to that point where your knee was just degrading more and more every year. So yeah, yeah, when you got the knee replacement, I mean, it's really like a brand new knee and there's no pain and now you can do yeah. other things. And like you alluded to with athletes, right? It's beyond just the physical pain and physical dysfunction that you're dealing with mentally too. You felt like, okay, I can yeah. actually live life. Right. <laughs> and so let's talk about when you actually got that knee replacement were you already looking to get back into athletic training or was it more after the knee replacement and the recovery? It was, it was after the knee replacement and the recovery. Cause I was, I felt so good. I was like, wow, so awesome. No pain. I can walk for a mile if I want to, if I want to, but <laughs> I, I tried like I, no pain. I could run mm-hmm. I'm still terrible at basketball, but I, I, I could do stuff. I, and I was very cognizant of my, my, my activities. I, mm-hmm. No jumping, mm-hmm. no jumping, really no basketball. I played, I played one basketball game after my knee surgery, and I was just playing till 10, one-on-one. I lost mm-hmm. zero to 10, so I figured that we're good already. No basketball. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good to hear. So after things got started, to pick up and then you know you took this position here the one thing that i don't know if you remember i barely even knew yeah. you then like i yeah. i just talked to you maybe like a handful of times in grad school and i remember you know like this is typical me like whenever there's a test no matter how much i prepare you still get stressed and worried yeah, yeah. So then <laughs> eric told me why are you so worried for why are you so stressed joel passed and i was like 
I don't even know what to make of that. Like, I don't even know you that well, but I'm thinking, okay, sure. That makes me, I guess, makes it a little less stressful, you know, but I remember that because I think you took it the year or the fall before I took it or whatever. So it's just good to, good to hear like, you know, okay, we can pass this and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, what do you, do you remember that? Or like, how I was it taking totally the boards that. again? I even brought it up to you. I, mean, hey, I heard what you told Andrew. Then he's like, "Oh, you know, I had to, I had to tell him that." He's like, "Ah, I don't care. It's true. Yeah. It's yeah. true." I wasn't. I I wish I could be more studious. I don't. I, I don't know if I get distracted, but you know, things finally made sense, and it took mm-hmm. its time. Yeah, and it took its time. I could read till it's blue, but you know, for it to completely make sense, took time. When I took the boards the first time, that was a different test, a totally mm-hmm. different test. That was a three-parter with a multiple-choice um, section, a, a skills section in front mm-hmm. of your peers, mm-hmm. which is 10 athletic trainers who have been in the industry for, for mm-hmm. years. And they're all, there's 10 of them crowding around you, looking at your skill set. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And then there's a scenario one, but you know, I, I didn't pass it on my, I didn't pass all three, my first try, but the, the one that I did pass was the, the one in front of my peers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Whoo! that's the hard part. It's yeah, the yeah. hard one. So I was like, oh, okay. Eventually I'll pass it. But when, it, when fast forward eight years, I, when I, when I came back into it, my employer told me that, oh, you have to, I know you like to help in the, in the PT clinic, but we'd, we'd like you to get recertified. So I, I looked at how to get back into athletic training as a certified athletic trainer. And I saw, I, I should have looked at it way before, way, way before 10 years passed or eight years passed. Cause that could have been, you know, I could have easily kept my, my license or my, my certification but I didn't, but I, I looked and I, and it said, all I had to do was take the test again. And I was like, I, I was talking to you earlier, right? Like yeah. how, how I'm so like, Oh yeah, let's just go to school. Let's, oh, yeah, let's all take tests. I, it's because my, my short-term memory likes to forget the pain, <laughs> <laughs> the pain of studying for it, the pain of not passing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh, I've been watching Ted Lasso. So I, one of his sayings is, you know, you got to be a goldfish. I go, okay, thank God. Now I can call myself a goldfish instead of being forgetful, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I studied. I, I probably studied harder mm-hmm. than, than the first time mm-hmm. because, you know, everything could make, made, made some sense now. And I studied harder and I, and I passed it. Yeah. And so that's probably why Eric was like, uh, dude, that guy can pass them. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so you know, when you think back on those that eight years, you must have still been keeping up your skills. Maybe not as frequently, but like you must have still been thinking about athletic training things, or if friends called you or something, because it's so hard to have a layoff and then get back into it, right? Um. Yeah, but you know, I. I, I, I don't think I thought of it too much. Like mm. I, I'd even go watch sporting events mm. and maybe 
that's that's when athletic training would come about. Like, oh yeah, injury or or I see someone doing rehab. But I thought I did a mental flush. Like, mm. no, you have to focus. You have to keep moving forward, and not. We can still remember it, but you know, don't let that be the focus. So mm. when I came back, I I was, I guess you could say green. But you know, you just have to. I just had to unlock that portion of mm-hmm. my brain that it was sitting and like, oh, look what we saved for you in the in the deepest corner of your brain. Here's here's the athletic training skill set. Like, yeah. oh, but you know, I I feel for like the the new students that the recent graduates, mm-hmm. and because I know I I know where they where where they came from. I don't. I I still remember what I had to go through mm-hmm. to become a certified athletic trainer. So. You know, always nice to them because I know what kind of struggle they went through too. Yeah. No, but that's good to hear, and it's good to have you. You know, in the high school, in the community, <laughs> and and let's talk about that a little bit. So after you passed and you kind of revisited, what was the drive, I guess, or the motivation to start working in Hawaii as an athletic trainer, working at MidPath, right? And you also worked in the yeah. clinic. So explain some yeah. of that growth process and and yeah, like just why you like helping all of these kids and clients and patients. I, I, I like to help them. Well, I'll get to why I went back to athletic training and how I got into, but I, I just want to get down to the reason why, right? Like, because I, I, I know what my pain feels like. And I, I feel like I've had a lot of injuries that a lot of these athletes get, mm-hmm. like rotator cuff strains, knee sprains, contusions, concussions. I have a lot of empathy for them. Mm-hmm. And going back to people not having the resources or the wherewithal to, to seek help, I remember that, so I, I I always try to be more proactive into with with their injuries instead of waiting for them to tell me what's wrong. So I'll tell them like the missing parts that they have, and this is what you need to do and who you need to seek out. But getting back to athletic training, my 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 boss calls me, my my current boss, and he says he needs help, and I I was like, yeah. I'm always gung ho. Like, yeah, let's do it. Like, no apprehensions. <laughs> like, what, what's the worst that can happen, right? <laughs> you, I've done this before. So, you know, he primarily had me doing football with him. If you, if, if you want to see FA training where it's hard work, fo- football is the place to be. Because <laughs> it's not just dealing with the athletes and dealing with their injuries. It's a lot of, you know, setting up setting up for the game but while I was working mainly football with with Marcus Oshiro I was also offered another position with Elam Sports which is a physical therapy clinic in Kapule and that strengthened my re- rehabilitation skills mm-hmm. I, I, I work for sports medicine in Hawaii and I've worked in the clinic for years and deal with a lot of knees, a lot of total knee replacements, a lot of shoulder. And, you know, that, 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 that has always been in the back of my mind, but, but, you know, we, we, there was a, there's, 
at that time there was more volume and there was not a lot of time to process. Mm-hmm. But when I came back, the PT clinic at Elam Sports didn't deal with a lot of volume. So I was able to, you know, I could digest it more. Everything was making sense. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the progression of the rehab exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the rehab by these are the rehabilitation exercises and you know sometimes there are more accessory movements than the main movement and then you just you know sometimes you just need to breathe right so that you can understand stuff like so much pressure on you all you're doing is just just working working dishing out you don't even know if you're understanding the product you're dishing out for me like i just so much more space to think that's like oh cool (laughs) everything made sense so from from that point and that was i don't know eight years ago when i Mm -hmm. when i came back and as the years went on like i i feel like i pick up a lot more knowledge pertaining to athletic training and they pertain to you know rehab and um, some performance enhancement Mm -hmm. a lot of students at my school i know they 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 worked with you and when they told me when they when they tell me that oh i i i see andrew takata i was like oh that's awesome <laughs> stay there <laughs> but but I, it was good because i i knew i had a, a pretty good rapport with you so i could mm-hmm. you know call you to yeah. see how they were doing what we needed or you could like i'm so open to you telling me don't do any of this stuff it's always good to have you know friends in the community, whether it's fellow athletic trainers, you know, PTs, doctors, you know, be nice to everybody that you can help each other out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Collaborating. And, you know, everyone has a different piece of the puzzle to help the athlete. Right. And I think that's what we all care about. Like you said, is making sure that they not only recover, but they're better off than what they were before. And that process I think is what all our most athletic trainers have in common is just trying to do whatever it takes to be that little support to help the athlete along their way and perform better again. Along those lines, I like how you said, this is something that we both can relate to. Yeah, this profession is definitely not boring. There's always things that <laughs> you're learning. There's tons of things that you don't know. Even that's the one thing that I I, I like about the profession is it keeps me on my toes and just constantly seeing not only athletic training evolved but just healthcare evolve i think we're seeing that rapidly even in over the past decade right and some of the things that services we're providing for the athletes now probably even in the high school setting is way more than what you were doing five ten years ago too so what you want to talk a little bit about that for anybody this could be either be like high school athletes or parents or even future athletic trainers who's looking to maybe pursue a career in the high school setting. You want to say a little bit about what it is that you guys do or what you've seen and, you know, what is the value of having athletic trainers in every high school? And Hawaii is one of the fortunate states to actually oh. have that across the nation. Oh, Definitely. I know we've said it a lot, especially these past two years that, you know, keep your kids safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like before the pandemic, you know, in athletics, we keep them safe. We, we have to advocate for your child because your child didn't go to college. Your child didn't 
take anatomy, didn't take, you know, re- rehab class or evaluation class. We took it. We know better. Mm-hmm. So I feel, you know, advocating for people mm-hmm. who don't know enough. Um, getting back to how to get into the profession, once I said, you know, you, you got to care, right? You got to care. Like, you see your athlete go down and you know they're in pain, but, you know, you see what the severity of their pain is or the severity of their injury. And, you know, sometimes you can, you know, tape or if it requires some soft tissue release and they can get back into the game. Sometimes injuries are, aren't as... I wouldn't say it's simple to remedy, but just being there for the athlete. So what we provide as athletic trainers in the high school setting is, you know, we, we advocate for the kids, for the injuries. We also try to make sure they're playing in a safe environment, whether it's be, whether if the field or gym conditions aren't good or whether you're, the athlete themselves aren't prepared to play. So us, us being able to, to use foresight because of our experience and our knowledge is what is key. You know, we, if there were no athletic trainers, if someone gets hurt, say let's, it's just a simple, a simple ankle injury or a grade one ankle injury, which, you know, people can get back to. And, you know, sometimes it's a pretty valuable player everyone's pretty valuable, but sometimes you have some people who, who are score more or help the team more. You know, if they, if they don't rehab correctly or if they don't rehab at all, you know, things can snowball into other conditions. Yeah. I feel like I'm walking testament. That's what allows me to better able to help these children instead of having them go to the doctor and especially with our healthcare system, sometimes you go see your PCP and they're not really, some, some aren't very versed in orthopedics. Those, and you'd, you'd hope that you did get a referral to an orthopedic surgeon. But, you know, sometimes you go to urgent care or you see a doctor, a general practitioner, and you're just out for two weeks. Like sometimes the athletes don't come back and for two weeks, they've been doing, they haven't been doing any kind of rehab or any kind of exercising. And they come back and then, you know, you have to start the whole cycle again. You have to build them back up to where their joint is functional and where they're, where they're comfortable with using their joint. That, that's, just, that's just one aspect. Bottom line, we're here to keep the kids safe, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether it's first aid or, you know, if when you have more difficult injuries, you have to do like spine boarding or yeah. say vacuum splinting when you have a fracture or even if you have, you know, compound fractures or sticking out, like you have to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there's no one that knows what to do, you know, I'm not, I, I always think the best in people that, you know, they're going to do the right thing. They're going to call the appropriate people. And you know everyone means well, but sometimes like time, time is of the time, time yeah. is of the essence, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel as athletic trainers, we're there immediately. Yeah, you know? we're someone you can count on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about like, oh, if I get hurt, 
and there's no one to help me. I don't know what to do. I feel like, you know, you, I know kids don't even think about injury, but, <laughs> but even for parents' peace of mind, if something bad happens, someone who has training is there. Mm-hmm. And that's just the emergency part. Yeah. At least you're comforted with knowing that even though your child is injured, you know that someone is there to see them through Mm-hmm. The entirety of their injury, from the management of it to the rehabilitation of it, and then to see them go from "oh my kid is down" to like "oh my kid is playing," yes, and then no pain or you know like it's good. Like they they come to you, they tell you thank you. Mm-hmm. Kids tell you thank you, and just getting them back, man. Just yeah, and that's that's so true. Is like. You know, the skill set and all of you, all of the athletic trainers in the high school, I mean, talk about understaffed <laughs> compared to student oh, athlete population. Yeah. But it's everything from, you know, to advocate for the profession a little bit, for parents out there that might listen, kids that might listen, is it's everything from emergent care to like the most, I guess, severe and urgent type of injury, right? We're going to be there yeah. all the way to your maybe minor sprains and strains, but making sure that that doesn't become more problematic, like you said, making sure that you can actually come back from that and still progress and get better and everything in between, you know, it's not only taping and icing, it's not only rehab, it's not only, you know, certain aspects. I think it's the entire healthcare of the, of the athlete, the student athlete, but we're also not the ones doing it all by ourselves. I think we, communicate and collaborate with a lot of different professions in the medical field. And that kind of helps to keep your child or the athlete safe. Right. And that's the number one goal is to just make sure that you're safe. And like you said, I think that was a very good uh, statement that you made was like, we have the foresight to see what will happen if you treat it various ways. And what we want to do is pick the safest way, not only immediately, but in the long term as well, so that, yeah, you can live your life. And I think your experiences has kind of not only taught you that, but it helps you to impart it on the kids, right? On that note, thinking about, you know, all of the experiences that you've had and everything, what are some of the big reasons, I guess, besides, you know, just taking care of the athlete, what keeps you going in this profession? And where would you like to see the profession go? What keeps me going? Uh, you know, I, I, I just like being here for the students. Like every day I come to work, I like, and you know, our, our schedule, some, a lot of us start at two o'clock, we finish, you know, eight, nine, 10, but I love coming into work. I, I love watching, you know, games and it, what, what I like about interacting with the student athletes, not just because they get hurt, but, you know, everyone has some, like even minor kind of injuries, you know, they'll talk to you. But I like getting to know a lot of the athletes that play at Midtown because, you know, people just say, like, oh, all you do is watch games for a living. I was like, man, that's terrible if that's all I did. But, you know, if I, if I, if I know the players, yeah, uh-huh. oh, yeah, yeah, I watch games all day. I watch people that I know. Like it's it's that's what I like about my job. Mm-hmm. I establish relationships and it's usually through getting them through injury. Mm-hmm. And 
I get to enjoy watching them perform after having gone through that. That's what keeps me going. Injuries don't happen every day, but you know, sometimes there's always rehab that we have to do. And I, I enjoy it. I like learning new new techniques in rehab with the profession going forward. I know like the in the DOE at the public schools they they have maybe two athletic trainers and hundreds of athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, we need help too, yeah. Like we cannot just do it on our own. Two people in charge of the healthcare of hundreds of athletes in your after school program. We're shorthanded. I realize that I know there's a lot that I know there are a lot of, you know, college students that don't go into the profession or seek something else because, you know, they want to seek something more financially lucrative. You know, I like to see that happen mm-hmm. being more like, you know, if, 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 because insur- I know the, uh, uh, we're not covered by insurance, right? And, you know, that's, that's the reason why we're not as appealing to a lot of students. As I said before, you know, if you, you like what you do and you're content with what you do is what matters. When I was young, oh, my God, someone told me that, I'd be like, I'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think to elaborate on that, too, a little bit, it's... Well, fortunately and unfortunately, I think we're not, we don't get reimbursed by third-party insurance, which does influence, I guess, the pay rate and the amount of things that we do that are billable. But with that being said, like you talked about in the athletic environment, there's so many things that we are doing. And I think the bottom line is you have to do it because you have a passion for it. Like how you said, you have to love what you're doing, but hopefully in the future too. I mean, even over the past 10 years, I mean, how sports has exponentially grown, right? Especially these yeah. other smaller scale sports becoming more mainstream and all of this. That's what athletic trainers do. You know, we have, we provide that specialty in all of these different sports industries and you would think that as the industry grows and everything like that we never know how athletic training might evolve and the positions that might open and even the for future students that are looking to become future athletic trainers you never know what that might mean financially and again it's not all financial you know the reason of why to become an athletic trainer but for all of the people that i know that pour everything into the profession and taking care of all the athletes. That is a serious concern, I think, or at least something that you have to think about is, you know, can you make a living and can you survive? Right. And I don't know any athletic trainer that is going to like do it for the money, but at the same time, you have to have the means to actually make this a feasible career. And I mean, that's a, that's a great message too, because it is something to advocate for the profession. I know our national organization is always trying to advocate for a good pay scale that can generate interest in future generations of athletic trainers. Now, on that note, thinking of everything that you've been, we'll wrap up pretty soon because I know it's getting late, but do you have one big memory, I guess, being an athletic trainer that, uh, I know you have many memories, so we'll try to narrow it down to, oh, to one that kind of shows what athletic training is about, how we actually help these athletes. You know, something that you cherish as a memory. Oh, my goodness. 
to pick carefully. <laughs> carefully, yes. There's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. You know, like a lot of my good memories will, will come from my internships mm. because you know it's it's a source of trauma for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember all those kinds of like, oh man, I have a story. I have a story. So this is with Eric, right? I, I'm sure every he he loves. He always tells me to tell this story, and so I'm gonna tell it to everyone right now. <laughs> I <it>. guess <laughs> okay. you probably heard this a million times, but. Uh, when you're an intern at for the UH football program in athletic training, you whenever they have a, a home game, the not the entire team, but those who will play always stay at the hotel uh, at a hotel the day before the game. You know, just to have everyone at ease and everyone at at the same place. So I, I was always the one who went to the hotels. They also they always chose a student trainer to to help the assistant athletic trainers with the football team. So I was chosen to, to go with the football team on Friday evenings and sleep over before the day of the game. My first time, I, my friend, Scott Oshiro, he's the, one of the athletic trainers at Punoho now. He's like, hey, remember when you, when you go to the hotel, you got to remember to bring enough supplies. I was like, oh, got it, got it, got it. And you know, I, and I've been telling you, like, what's so stressful? The internship was so stressful. Like, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. So I pack all the things. And then um, I remember on the next day, on Saturday, I'm, I'm thinking about what, what we're going to do in terms of the football game and what I have to do as a student athletic trainer for the game. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then all of a sudden, I, I realized that Despite Scott Oshiro telling me that, telling me to bring enough, I, I didn't because um, I did funny math. <laughs> I, I, so I, I was rooming with, the, with one of my grad assistants who is the head athletic trainer for the UH football team now, Brian Wong. And, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go realizing that I had not packed enough tape for the team. And because we tape, we tape a lot of ankles at the hotel before we go to the stadium. And I, I just realized like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't bring enough tape. But I, to, I told Brian, I was like, don't worry. First he was like, why are you stressed out? I was like, I, I didn't bring enough tape. He's like, what? He's like, you didn't bring a box of tape? No. I was doing, I, 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 I divided when I should have been multiplying. Uh, so I thought, ah, no worry, no worry, no worry. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to call my roommate. She's going to pick me up and go to the training room, pick up tape, and it'll be fine. And mind you, I'm still in the infancy stages of my student athletic trainer career. And I go, okay, as long as I can get all of this done, without Eric knowing. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's, that's what we're going to do. And said, no. that's, what gonna, that's key. Yeah. Don't let Eric know that you screwed up. <laughs> like fix it before he even knows. <laughs> so I go, okay, I can't just go, I can't just go out, go wait for my friend. I have to, in case someone sees me, 
that's someone being Eric. <laughs> I should at least look like I'm going to the beach across the street. <laughs> so I throw on slippers, grab a backpack, and then I open the door of our hotel room, and our hotel room opens up into the lobby for the elevator. And I open my door, and lo and behold, Eric is standing in front of the elevator. And I am dumbfounded. I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to get fired right now. <laughs> but he, he, he looks at me, and I'm carrying a backpack. I sleep with, he's like, and you know how he looks at <laughs> That's how he looks at you. Where are you going? I was like, um, <laughs> um, and my whole plan of telling anyone who saw me to go to the beach went out the window. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't bring enough tape. And I, 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 I divided when I should have been multiplying. And uh, then he just, just gave me this confused look like, what is wrong with you? I was like, Eric, we don't have enough tape. And he's like, you didn't bring a box? No, because I divided. Then he's like, yeah. but at home, don't worry, Eric. I got this, though. I called my roommate. She's picking me up right now. We're going to go to the training room. I'm going to pick up tape. I'm going to fix this. Then he looks at me. He's like, call your roommate. Tell her, don't come. Go look in your bag. Go, go see how much tape we need. Like, <laughs> like, I'm going to get fired. Not going to be an athletic trainer. Maybe, maybe I should search for a, a new major now. But... <laughs> You know, I think so. He was more, I don't know if he was, I, I thought he found it funny, more funny that I was, I was completely stressed out when I saw him. And for those of you who don't know Eric, Eric was a very intimidating force. Used to be, used to be, used to be. He probably <laughs> still is. I'm just joking. He probably still is. But for me, for me, for me, that's only one story. I don't want to take this too long. <laughs> yeah, but even all of those stories, like, I mean, you know, we all go through that. Even every student is going to have a stressful story, right? But that is actually, it's a good point because athletic training, especially in the traditional setting with sports, it is stressful. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to do on a strict time constraint and you have to do a lot of things, not only just to be there for the athletes, but I think a lot of what we do is preventative, right? It's trying to be prepared for the worst case scenario um, and just yeah. hope that that doesn't happen. So those are just small stories. I think for anyone that's interested in athletic training or that doesn't know what we do, there's a lot of things that you have to, it's like keeping track of thousands and thousands oh, yeah. of things for just a game or a practice. And then when you're doing it for the first time as a student or not first time, but you know, when you're early in your yeah. career, it's extremely stressful. So for anyone oh, listening yeah. out there, you know, remember that because we've all been been through it. I've been through that too, you know, these stressful times. But I think as you progress in your career, it helps you to manage stress more. You know, most athletic trainers that I know are very calm under the most stressful situations. And I think that's a skill that is 
has to be learned. And I would say that I don't oh, even yeah. have that down because <laughs> I've been out of the out of the traditional sense for so long. But no, I mean, thanks for sharing those stories. And yes, I, I have heard that story before. Oh, and it's always oh. good to hear some of the things that we all go through because I think it helps us to learn how to get better as a profession. But other than that, any last words that you want to say about your journey, athletic training, anything that might help people? You know, with, 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 when, you, when you see, especially us who we're, we're, we're trained, right, at it, you know, just have to advocate for everyone, advocate for those who are injured, advocate for student athletes, mm-hmm. even for older people who mm-hmm. may need a knee replacement, a hip replacement, but you see them suffering and, you know, I know sometimes, you know, especially in Hawaii, people are very private about their stuff. But, you know, sometimes you can coax it out of people. Like, oh, are you walking funny? Well, people used to tell me that all the time. Well, are you walking funny? Go, hey, Nori, Nori, I got it, I got it, I got it. But I should, I should know what to do, right? But for those who don't, like your aunties, your uncles, your grandma, grandpa, like you see them limping. You know, sometimes, you know, like, ah, the, pain, the pain is just going to go away. But if you have the knowledge base, you can always tell, yeah, like, oh, you know, uncle, grandpa, grandma, you, you might have to go see a doctor. Your knee looks like it needs, might need surgery or you might need to go to physical therapy to build up your muscles so that you can stand mm-hmm. and not fall. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people don't know that. They just think, they just think that, you know, it's, the pain will go away. The pain will go. Sometimes the pain will go away because you become accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know your your quality of life could could greatly improve. You could improve someone's life just by advocating for them. That's a great message, and I I mean I'm always one to you know kind of as I go through my career, athletic training is kind of a profession that everyone can benefit from. I think even if you are relatively active and healthy there's always things that can help you to be more active and healthy or perform better or just live your quality of life you know more enjoyable or just function at a higher level right and it's something that i think until there's a problem unfortunately that's when people tend to find us as a profession is like more reactive like okay something went wrong and now i have to go see athletic trainer when I would say over over half of what we do is trying to prevent, you know, all of these things from happening. Yeah. So for anybody that knows, you know, an athletic trainer or for the athletic trainers out there, yeah, that's a great message to not only take care of the athletic population, but also help to share some of these resources and knowledge to anybody that might benefit from it. And you never know. That's I think that's why we do what we do for most of us is when you say something and it makes a big impact on someone's life, you know, that's really what we want to see is we want to see you benefit from whatever it is, the services, the knowledge, and just help you to live a healthier and happier lifestyle. But that's, yeah. that's a great message. I mean, I, I know we've kept you long and you're still at mid pack. Oh, yeah. so, so we'll, we'll cut it here, but we'll have to do maybe in the future, another part to this and oh, yeah, we'll share yeah, yeah. tons of the stories. But anyway, other than that, yeah. thank you so much, Joe, for oh, thank you. Thank you for me. having me. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but this was great. 
Yes. Um, yeah, our next meeting, I won't prepare as well. <laughs> No, it was great. It was great. Okay, okay. But thanks so much, Joel. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thank you.